It's time to get cozy and watch a Christmas movie. Cuddle up with a cutie and watch a Christmas movie. It's a podcast in a queer tree. Welcome back to a podcast in a queer tree where the only thing more confusing than the fact that today is somehow December 25th is the movie we are going to talk about. My name is Nicole. And my name is Mark Lucas. This is our last episode. (laughs) I'm I'm going on to a different show with my uh, reality star girlfriend. Wow, who knew Mark Lucas had been moonlighting as Scott this whole time? I'm pretty furious to find myself married to Mark Lucas, to be honest. <laughs> You've He's never your better Scotch so baby. <laughs> um, we have a very special guest today, everyone. The closest thing this podcast will ever come to a celebrity. You've heard her name in every episode. She's on our bingo cards Dr. Slip, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Yes, welcome. For having me. Do you want to tell the listeners anything about yourself or do you want to let that reveal itself as we talk? Um, well, I'm not a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, my doctorate is more relevant to this podcast than a medical doctor it would be, I think. Interesting. Tell us more. Well, it's technically in medieval literature, but that's a lot of like literary analysis skills. And so I'm qualified to assess narratives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and you would this is technically this, a narrative. This movie has a narrative your, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> that's, your, that's your thesis today. <laughs> I think good. it meant to have a narrative. Yeah, good luck <laughs> proving that thesis, but... Um, Okay, well, the movie that we are somehow going to talk about today is A Christmas Melody, a 2015 Hallmark movie starring Hallmark Christmas sweetheart Lacey Chabert and directed and starring Mariah Carey. And written, right? uh, No, it was written by Jennifer Notice Shapiro, whoever that is. Oh, okay. That's just Mariah Carey's pen name. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. There's um, literally here... nothing she's ever done that Mariah Carey would not take credit for. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Very true. She's just trolling her all through her career. Uh, plot synopsis of A Christmas Melody from HallmarkChannel.com. A Christmas Melody revolves around Kristen, a beautiful, stylish divorcee who is a talented clothing designer and her young daughter. She's a widow. Yeah, she's a widow. (laughs) What the hell? (laughs) All right. That's one mark against Hallmark. Um, Kristen has just had to close her small Manhattan boutique to return to her Ohio hometown and live in her parents' former home. It's an adjustment for Kristen and Emily, especially when she runs into her former high school rival, Melissa, Mariah Carey. Melissa is president of the PTA and tries to make Kristen feel as unwelcome as possible. Kristen and Emily struggle to find their new normal with the help of the music teacher, Danny, and Kristen's aunt, Sarah, the local coffee shop owner. With a little holiday magic and music, Kristen and Emily find that home is where the heart is. 
Ugh. Wasn't there <laughs> shop in California? Yes. So that's wrong too. <laughs> what did they say? New York. Manhattan. Manhattan. Oh no, they're in LA. Yeah. They're in LA, of course. They write this synopsis like when the first draft <laughs> of the script is done and then they never go back to it probably. Wow, that's crazy. Five like, years, at least five years meetings. ago. That's funny. Wow. Good job, Hallmark. I think that description is perfect for this movie. Like perfectly, uh, yeah, for this movie, which is also so bizarre. Meandering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've Wait. both been listening for years to a podcast called How Did This Get Made, which is about, it pretty much explains itself in its title. Mm-hmm. And I would love to know how this movie got made. Mariah Carey. Yeah, Mariah Carey. Yeah, All her star I mean, power. Sure, I, I get that. But then nobody ever looked at it afterward. I actually was thinking, and I, this comes up, this is like a through thing. So it's not exactly going from start to finish. But I was actually wondering, like, does this movie have an editor? And here's why. Because there are straight up mistakes in this movie in, in terms of like somebody saying their own name incorrectly, Mariah Carey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just stuff like that. Um, the fact that they sometimes call her Kristen Parson and sometimes call her Kristen Parsons. Yeah. And it's just like, wasn't there anybody they could have fixed that in post mm-hmm. well did they have a continuity have been editing the movie <laughs> like just exactly just obviously not <laughs> yeah. i was wondering about that on i took nora for a walk today and <laughs> I, I guess this is actually a sad thing to admit i was thinking about this movie on our walk <laughs> And I was just wondering, like, why didn't anybody, like, you've got Mariah Carey in the star power. Why would you let her make this movie that looks so slipshod and inept? Like, why not help her out and make something that looks halfway decent in the end? But this movie looks like trash. Yeah. Like, even compared to other Hallmark movies of the time, like, there's just a lot of weird... Well, there's, I have to think that maybe this was like the absolute best they could do with what they had. Like the garbage footage that they got. Yeah. And you can cut this from the finished version of the podcast. But for example, when we made Fun's Eye for Rogers Cable Television, (laughs) uh, which was an improv television show in the style of Whose Line Is It Anyway that I was a part of over 10 years ago. Amazing. Um, we were filming for like three hour blocks, I think, um, and intending to cut that into, you know, however many episodes. And we were supposed to have all this buffer content because we filmed on, you know, like four different days or something. And we were only making 10 episodes and we had like so much extra. But one of the recording sessions, the audio didn't work. And so we had to use every minute of content that we had and I can only imagine that something similar must have happened when they were making this movie that like the stuff that they had was such garbage that there was only 84 minutes or however much 
left that was even remotely usable. And so they cut it together into the best approximation of a movie that they could. <laughs> and then we got a Christmas melody that the cuts between scenes and into and out of commercials in this movie are so hard. It is like whiplash every time. Yep. Yeah. So maybe they had a day where Mariah Carey forgot to turn the boom mic on. That wasn't her <laughs> job, but something like that happened and well, they were just like, whatever, we'll we'll do what we can. I do wonder like if if that that's why I would love to have an oral history of the making of this movie. I want I want to hear like from the actual people who were on the crew and the actors and Mariah Carey herself if she wants to talk about it like I'd be fascinated to know like how many of her friends were the crew and were they actually qualified to do those jobs no I would think it was just like a standard role it was like a Hallmark crew and then maybe they got like four days of Mariah Carey Mm. um and also I think they will never talk about it I that's probably true yeah um it seems like all of Mariah Carey's stuff is filmed on a green screen. Uh, I don't think she's actually in a scene with anyone ever. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's possibly true. I think there might be a couple where she's actually there. Yeah, maybe. Uh, in fact, I'm sure there probably are, but I would like I'd, I'd be hard pressed to think of what they are. <laughs> yeah, I did notice the couple where I was like, she might actually be there. What I think happened in a lot of those cases with the bad blue screen, and I think I said this while we were watching the movie, but I'd like to make a disclaimer at the top to say that like Mariah Carey has been famous for a really long time since she was very young. She's been in the public eye. She clearly has, if you know anything about like her history as a public figure and a celebrity, she's got a lot of issues with weight and body image Mm. and in many ways if I think about those too hard they make me sad in this movie I think that's what comes out in the way that the scenes that she's in she's shot with a completely different camera than everybody else in the movie she's got a different lens on it's from different angles it's like done later and I have to think like did she see what was made when she was really there and think like oh no I don't look good enough in these I have to change it Mm -hmm. do it differently and then they added it in and that's why there's so many weird mistakes like where people are obviously feeding her the wrong lines or she's responding to the wrong lines or looking in the wrong direction and they don't they don't cut together exactly right like at one point uh somebody says um i wasn't voted this and she said no that's right i did right Whereas it's like the the line that she got was obviously like, um, I didn't win that. Mm -hmm. But what actually made it into the movie was I wasn't voted that. So when she said, no, I did, it actually, it makes no sense at all. But so that's what I think might've happened is that Mariah Carey saw what there was and made them do it again. Or from the beginning was like, I've got to look really good. And it makes the movie look absolutely insane. Mm. And it's like on one level looks bananas and is very funny and on another level i think is coming from like the incredibly toxic culture that we have about women's bodies yeah Mm. so do you think just to be clear do you think that all the blue screen for her 
apart from being photographed with a different camera, do you think there were some kind of effects applied to her to make her appear thinner or you just think that that it's like the lens and I think it's the lens and like the soft lighting and the lighting yeah like kind of what they used to do with like Elizabeth Taylor when she was getting older yes they would shoot her a particular way with like some grease on the lens and all that stuff it softens everything on the lens yeah yeah something like that because Mariah Carey practically glows in some of the scenes where she's shot. Like her skin, like she is glowing, literally glowing. It looks like she's standing with a like halo of a spotlight on her at all times. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, if it's not apparent to our listeners by now, Scott and Nicole, Scott and Dr. Slip have seen this movie six times. Is that correct? Every year since it was released. Since it was released. Oh yeah. Yeah. Probably more than that for me. Because sometimes I'll just throw it on if I'm if I um I and yeah I think you don't remember every time we watch it, you're like, oh I completely (laughs) forgot about this part. Yeah. It's a it's a great self-defense mechanism I seem to have developed. Because this movie is awful. It's fucking awful, you guys. Like, I feel so, a thing before we started recording. I feel actually really bad making people watch this movie, including Nicole Marcou. I mean, our listeners are so their bad. own people. Oh, a few sure. people have contacted us to be like, I could not make it through this particular movie. Your episode, the podcast episode was great. Couldn't make it through the movie. So I feel like that, pro- that probably will have happened a few times here. I think... It's also worth mentioning at the top for our listeners that the three of us watched this movie together, Mm. which is unusual and was also, I think, very helpful for me emotionally because if I had watched this movie alone, I'm not sure that I would have believed I was watching the right thing because it's so bizarre. I would have been like surely this isn't correct like this must be the wrong movie you described it Um, at one point as a fever dream yes it very much feels like a fever dream like like david lynch's lost highway it is it's so bizarre (laughs) yeah um so we all played bingo together uh dr slip did you get a bingo did you get a line i did i did yeah tell us tell us about it uh, goes through the free space yep. for a kiss at the end. Yep. And I've got uh, bonding over a dog. Oh, yes, and, of course. You know, yep. And I've got struggling business for her mm-hmm. boutique that closed right beforehand. Mm-hmm. And then I've got we're just friends. Of course. Uh, and then I've got grand gesture. Nice. Mm. And I had a bunch of other things on the card, but uh, that was the line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott, did you get a line? Uh, I did. I checked off the night that we watched it. I actually didn't think I had a line. And then I was looking at it before this call and realized that I'm, I'm basically going to give myself the space for a photographer because of that special photographer they brought in to photograph Mariah Carey. <laughs> wow, seeing the fast and loose firsthand is... <laughs> quite exciting (laughs) yeah stick with me baby this is yeah this is how we roll Uh, so other than that my line is a big deadline approaching uh got off on the wrong foot Mm -hmm. 
uh, tight 90. It is a very tight 90, thank God. It's like 81 minutes, maybe. Yeah, it's, it's under 85 for sure. Yeah, it's all the, it's, they save time on all those transitions from scene to scene. <laughs> yep. Um, and helps kid with project, which is pretty much what they do the entire movie. Who got off on the wrong foot? Uh, Mariah and uh, Lacey Chabert. Okay. Technically, I think that refers to the love interests, but it's not spelled out. So that's, that's a freebie um i also got a line i was i i got a lot of squares um but only one line um helps kid with project overbearing relative kiss at the end seasonal festival of course and i put boyfriend comes to town uh even though she was the (laughs) one coming to town to her boyfriend still counts i would put it for her friend coming to town yeah as well. i thought yeah i thought what you meant was that her best friend comes to town oh to right Haley at the end yeah great and that bringing the misunderstanding <laughs> right that which she's is gonna, the boyfriend's role that she's gonna move back to la of course yes but as i pointed out at the end of this movie when we were talking about it there is no boyfriend because there are only two male speaking roles in this movie and one of them is the lead danny <laughs> And the other yep. is Creepy Santa. Creepy Santa janitor guy. <laughs> that was real positive. So the, the movie opens in LA, right? In her shop, not Manhattan. <clears throat> um, right. Her business has failed. Um, wow. Sorry. Yes. So Kristen, played by Lacey Chabert, her business has failed. She's moving back to Ohio. She's a widow with a daughter who I thought was in middle school, but is in fact eight. Nine. She's nine, nine years old. At, some, at one point she says that she's nine. She is precocious for nine, I feel. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this child actor, I, the, you know, there are child actors where they're great and they have like a spark and you can just, it feels natural and maybe it's not, but it like, they're likable. Mm-hmm. Then there are child actors that make me really depressed to watch because I'm like, this doesn't feel like that. It feels really forced and like they've been coached into this precociousness. So it's like a weird assumed precociousness. Um, And it just makes me feel like this child actor isn't really that talented, maybe doesn't want to be there or some variation of that. And then I get super depressed. So Kristen is packing to go home to Ohio where she's going to live in her parents' house. Yes. It's free. Yes, the house she grew up in. Her parents are dead. Emily was is really playing the like sad sack role here uh because she's packing up her sheet music because she's sad and never wants to sing again. And Kristen is like don't pack up your sheet music. Oh, and Lacey Chabert or Kristen gives a guy asking for change a framed $5 bill. Yes. Her she's first like, $5. This is the first sale I made in my boutique and maybe it'll give you some luck for a while. I mean, her Who pays cash failed. in a boutique? Sorry. Yeah. And like what cost $5 in that boutique? Yeah. What didn't? <laughs> Or or was it just like part of the sale? I don't know. Anyway, she gives it to to a, a man who is who's got a sign that says "Will work for food." 
We'll work for exposition. But she gives him this. She's like, I'm sorry, I don't have any money. But then she realizes, oh, wait, I've got this framed $5 bill. Yeah. I better let, I, I'll let this dream die <laughs> completely. <laughs> Just get rid of it. God. Yeah. Um, so then it's bedtime. They're still in LA. They're leaving the next morning. Um, I'm happy to announce on this auspicious day of December 25th, we have a, a tiny hint into the ongoing mystery of what the sweet fuck a Christmas wish is, which oh. is that Kristen <laughs> reveals that Santa grants Christmas wishes, oh. which previously had not been spelled out for us. So thank you so much, Lacey Chabert. Well, I think one of the reasons you may have had trouble pinning down this kid's age, Scott, is because Lacey Chabert, I'll Kristen alternately talks to her as if she is four years old and as if she is 15 years old so she like at one point she's she says do you remember that it's almost Christmas and we're gonna it's like I think that your nine-year-old does in fact yes know what month it is she journals like she's fine (laughs) yeah and then at other times she's like just much she's much more age appropriate with her but then at some time she talks to her as if she's four so then she's like hey, what about your christmas wish as if that's yeah. a thing that everyone knows about and does they so at bedtime uh we also learn about aunt sarah mm-hmm. who emily has somehow never met yeah and it's will weird because be... they're it's supposed weird. to be so close and yeah then it's but like... how old is Lacey Chabert is supposed to be in this movie do you suppose well you know what she and mariah carrie are supposed to be the same age Right. That's part of my point. So, and they, they behave as if they're all at their 10 year high school reunion. I, you know, actually they do say, they say how old she is because um, she's 32 or 33. And at some point they either say, you know, 15 years ago when we graduated high school or some Mm. such marker of time like that. And that's, I just remembered that. Mm. Right. So, so mm. everyone, inclu- so Lacey Chabert, fine, early 30s, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, sure. Male lead of this movie, early 30s? No. Absolutely early 40s, not. sure. Mariah yeah. Carey, early 30s? Sorry, Mariah Carey, absolutely not. Again, early Aging. 40s. Aging is a very normal thing. Uh, it's okay to look the age that you are. Yeah. She would probably appreciate us mentioning the fact that she actually has a brand new Christmas special on Apple TV right now. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I'm gonna, you two are gonna have to listen to me rant about Kathy Najimy for a minute because oh, yeah. she Go plays Aunt Sarah and I am obsessed with her. She's great. I feel, hearkening back to 1993 when she starred in Hocus Pocus. Greatest movie um, of all time. Yes, continue. The greatest movie of all time. Thank you so much. Um, I feel strongly to my core that i am kathy najimi's character in hocus pocus and i say that with all the self-love in my heart it Mm -hmm. is i think almost undeniable um she's chubby she's awkward she has to ride the vacuum when they all fly (laughs) out with the brooms from the museum and i'm like god damn it wouldn't you fucking know it if i was going out with a coven I would get stuck with the fucking vacuum. It just it just feels so right, you know? Um, uh, Kathy Najimy. Here are some fun facts I learned about Kathy Najimy. She's the voice of Peggy Hill on King of the Hill. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. I didn't 
I didn't know that. I didn't watch King of the Hill regularly, but enough to be surprised by that. Um, Gloria Steinem officiated her wedding. Wow. That's cool. Kathy Jimmy's a poker star. She's won tens of thousands of dollars playing poker. poker. Huh. Um, you know, I can see that. She love right? She has that vibe. Mm, yeah. She definitely has, like, she's not a wine mom vibe. She has the vodka ant vibe of someone who could also win $20,000 at a poker table. Yeah, yeah. The whiskey vibe. The whiskey vibe. Um, the one thing I can see that Slip is Googling Kathy Jimmy right now because of the glow on her face. <laughs> and I love that. Um, the one piece that I feel like Kathy Jimmy and I need to talk about is that she really loves supports gives money and speaks for PETA people for the ethical treatment of animals uh, it's not great it's no great it's not ideal um, I know celebrities think they're helping by doing that but they're not no. please do something else than support PETA PETA is a garbage organization so they road trip and whatever nothing happens on the road trip that I wrote down they arrive at this new house in Ohio where we see our first product placement of the movie. The first loving, lingering <laughs> shot <clears throat> on a beautiful I don't know if this red, actually, black, and yellow container. I don't know if this is so much product of placement. Of Folgers Coffee. As the product is in the cast. Yeah. Like it, Folgers it, might be credited in this They're movie. getting scale for this. Do you think that like at a frequency that we can't consciously hear but is like playing underneath the audio of this movie that is just like the best part of waking up soldiers in your cup on a loop yes i think that we are being josie and the pussycat stid exactly exactly at every juncture in this movie yes yeah thank you for giving me credit for that uh, pop culture reference and observation that's a twofer. I'm gonna hey, take Nicole, it. Marcou, who's in Josie and Yo. the Pussycats? Uh, the the person. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> Alan Cumming. Alan Cumming from Spice World. <laughs> the very same. Oh, it all comes back around. First and last episode, my favorite joke of the whole season. Alan Cumming, star Alan of Cumming. Spice World and That's Josie and the Pussycats. And Josie and the Pussycats, famous for. Um, so, so I have a note. They're laying in bed. Kristen dressed. Oh, no, she dressed snow people up in wedding clothes. Oh, my wow. God. Yes. What? And then she's like, I guess I've always been a designer. It's like, no, because you didn't make those clothes, Kristen. You just presumably took some clothes you had lying around the house and put them on put snow people. Weird. Yep. Uh, you were asking a question about the script, Scott. I was wondering if it might be generated by an artificial intelligence. No. <laughs> my god like the bot like that people one, make though. watch <laughs> a thousand hours of hallmark movies and then write their own hallmark movie <laughs> actually you know what it if you just wrote it out it might sound like that when i was a little girl <laughs> i made snow people wedding designer dress <laughs> oh my god mom i need to find spirit christmas <laughs> 
<laughs> I will make Christmas wish. Santa grants hold on, hold Christmas on. I'm, wish. I'm getting all this down. That's <laughs> my, my um, new algorithm. You look tired. Need Folgers? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, okay, so the next day, the morning after they, I think, move to yeah. Ohio is Emily's first day of school yep. for yeah. some reason. Yeah. Yep. No rest. Yeah. Lacey's like, uh, I gotta get you into school right now. Yeah. So Emily's bummed, obviously. Um, that's very stressful. And then we're in the school and who do we meet for the first time but Melissa Atkins, McKean Atkins, Atkinson, her name shifts around. Shifts around. Um, so Melissa, Mariah Carey, and Kristen bump into each other in the hall. They went to high school together. Uh, Melissa is now married to a dentist and is very rich, has a large ring, is the head of the PTA, and is a total monster. Yeah, well All said. accurate statements. Yeah, yeah, very succinctly said. Thank you. Thank you so much. There's she a lovely a... Uh, close-up on her wedding ring or engagement her, or whatever. Her big old ring? Yeah. She also, she has a vocal, uh, if you, it's not really a vocal tick, but she often, when speaking, first describes a bunch about herself and then to Kristen says, but what about you? You something, something, something. And then she goes back and is like, and I did this, this, it. but what about you? <laughs> In a really like, like horrible mean girl way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like the trope of the mean girl, like I, I, like I don't know that this Hallmark movie was made for a different audience than regular, any other Hallmark movie. But I do feel like this mean girl from high school thing really spoke to me as someone who was a weirdo and not a hot mean girl in mm. high school. Um, well, I mean, it's interesting because I guess it is Mariah Carey, like she's mean because she's jealous of Kristen. Mm. And so... And earlier, like we didn't talk about this scene because he hasn't really come into the movie yet, but Danny was at Aunt Sarah's cafe. Mm -hmm. And so he knows that Kristen is coming and Aunt Sarah's like, wait, didn't you have a crush on her? And he's like, everybody had a crush on Kristen. And it's like, right. it seems like she was probably very popular and well-liked at mm -hmm. school. Right. So I don't- I'm guessing was not. No, I, I think she probably was too. Like she would have been the mean girl. And then, so I'm confused as to what their dynamic might've been in high school or it doesn't fit easily into like Kristen was a weirdo. Yeah. Oh, definitely not a weirdo. She's too beautiful. No. So yeah. for sure. I can't believe we haven't mentioned, by the way, that Lacey Chabert was in Mean Girls. She's Gretchen Wieners. Yes, That's right. Course. I wonder if then, that's partly Gretchen why Wieners. she's in this movie. Like, did Mariah Carey really love Mean Girls, and she wanted to have some of that energy between them? I mean, it's a Hallmark movie, so yeah. 
So Lacey I, Chabert was a celebrity. I like to think well, yeah. so. Yeah, Lacey I Chabert love, comes with the package. I love Lacey Chabert. Uh, Gretchen Wieners is one of the most transcendent characters of our generation. Oh my God, Scott, that's exactly what happened. Mariah Carey cast Lacey Chabert as the lead as she's her favorite actress from her favorite film, Mean Girls. I okay, thought I saw something are, about that once. I didn't know that, but it makes total sense because there are other moments of homage to Mean Girls, like later on when Mariah Carey is watching her daughters uh, or her daughter perform with her friends. She yep. does, She's doing out the dance the same way that yeah. Amy Poehler copies the dance that her teen daughters are doing in the talent show during yep. Mean Girls. And like, see, this is where I'm like, Mariah Carey, I think, has quite a sense of humor at times about things. Yeah, And yeah. she was obviously enjoying herself playing the villain in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just still terrible, but... Mm. But it seems like she probably had fun, at yeah. least. I mean, you know, the movie was written for a purpose, and yeah. But what was that purpose to launch to this sell other the new song? song hey Santa. She's already got a Christmas stone cold classic, one of the modern Christmas classics already. It's called "All I Want for Christmas Is You." Yeah, it's number one. Why not make a movie around that? Because <laughs> it's already a hit. Because it's already a hit. It doesn't need. It doesn't need the publicity. I also think that the I other goal of this movie... I don't think I've ever heard this song outside of this movie. Oh, either. no, you don't work in retail. You haven't been to enough stores this year. I, even I've heard it outside. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. God, that's awful. No, they play it all the time. Who who did it? Like, who? not this recording, I assume. No, it's Mariah Carey. Oh, it's her singing it? Yeah. Wow. Is and like good? I said, like, no. Um, yeah, it's a terrible song. It's not, uh, but it's not as bad as it is in this movie. Well, no, yeah. But we should talk about that later. Yeah. Because there's there's no rules here, Doctor well, Slip. Well, we're kind of no skipping rules. the entire premise of <laughs> the movie to go ahead to the final scene of the movie. So I feel like we should probably talk like, okay, so they meet each other in the hall. Yeah. And then she's like, okay, but I got to go to this PTA meeting. And then Mariah Carey, Melissa is like, oh, well, I'm the president of the PTA. So why don't I just take you to the meeting? Then you can't escape me. Uh, And that's when Kristen finds out about this concert that the school's going to be putting on. It's a fundraising concert. And she's like, oh, well, could my daughter try out now because we just got here? And Melissa's like, no, I can't allow that. Yeah. And Melissa also keeps. The keeps PTA calling Kristen this school yeah big time it's weird uh Melissa keeps referring to Kristen as the school's newest single mom oh it's <laughs> it's so ridiculously beautiful it's it's so mean girls weird it's mean incredible girl shit to do like yeah. Jesus I think three times in the scene our yes. single mom would like to volunteer the new single mom like at least in Mean Girls, they're teenage girls and therefore terrible. And the thing is, Mariah Carey, maybe when they made the movie, she wasn't a widow because, or, or from Mariah Carey's perspective, like what she read of the script, she wasn't a widow because mm-hmm. in the Hallmark description that you read, Nicole, mm-hmm. it says she was divorced. Right. And then yeah. Mariah Carey makes all these jokes about like, it's a new single parent. And, and she never asks her when when um so when they're in the hallway 
Kristen corrects her and says, actually, it's Kristen Parson now. Um, mm-hmm. And Mariah Carey's like, but I don't see a ring, do I? And Kristen's like, no. And she's like, oh, well, you brave, like, you're so brave being single and alive. Um, <laughs> but so I think Mariah Carey assumes, or Melissa assumes that Kristen is divorced. And that's why, like, she's making these, like, jabs about her being a single parent. But right. she's a widow. She's a widow. Yeah. Possibly, like, though, when they first shot the movie, she wasn't a widow. And they added that in later. And yeah. then didn't fix these jabs about her being a single parent. Nope. Yeah. Um, so then we go to the music room. Um, where Kristen meets Danny, the music teacher who was also Kristen's high school biology partner. And she can't really remember him. Yeah. He obviously has been in love with her for 15 years. And she's and- like, Donnie? Yeah. She's like, oh, that's so great for you. <laughs> this is also, I was really baffled. I mean, I, you know, maybe it's not healthy to be continually baffled by the same thing because it's obviously not going to change. But like, Danny is like, how have you been? And she's like, oh, I'm still single. Why (laughs) is that? Like, if you see someone you haven't seen for 15 years and they're like, hey, how are you? Is your opening line response to that your marital status? It's so weird. You got to know. It's right up front fucking weird nothing about what she's she's i'm available okay danny nothing about her daughter (laughs) a big move i had a business i went to school for this thing yeah no just so weird here i am single again um i have written down this elementary school talent show isn't that big a deal Mm -hmm. uh seems like it's really the end of the world she sweet talks danny into letting emily audition and I love how openly he in this scene and later on the principal and basically everyone else in this movie are like, oh, Melissa McKean Atkinson, she's the worst, right? Yeah. <laughs> what a bitch. And, yep. then like, and then they just go behind and undermine whatever it is she said that's horrible from the previous scene. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Um, so then we meet Santa aka thomas in the hallway mm-hmm. um i don't know that just happens that's the first time we see him in ohio creeping tom but it is it is the same man from the alley yeah. that Kristen gives that five dollars to yeah uh, they never say that no. or reference it but it is the same man yes yeah. we go we cut to the music room later on in the day when emily is auditioning and Danny's, Danny's playing the piano waiting and she's going to sing. And he says, okay, on three. And then he just starts playing. He doesn't count. Yep. Nope. <laughs> That's right. Um, so now she's going to be in the show. Yes. Now she's in the show. She's in this elementary school talent show, the snow flake pageant is what it's called. So then we go to the cafe uh, where Aunt Sarah, a.k.a. Kathy Najimy, a.k.a. Nicole Marcoux, uh, <laughs> manages. I have my only note in this cafe scene. I think a lot of things happen, so thank God you two are here. I am Kathy Najimy, in all caps. It was her first day of school, everyone. 
which I just feel like if I were in Sarah's situation and my niece and grandniece had just moved to town and it was my grandniece's first day of school, I would also be shouting in the middle of my cafe in excitement. So, yeah. So in this scene offers Kristen a job in the cafe and Kristen's like, yeah, I would love to do that to uh, just to something to do while I'm here. Um, kind of weird she didn't already have that lined up and then she's like oh hey um, this guy at the school Danny and Sarah's like oh yeah he's super into you (laughs) Uh, because she's not even pretending that she's not like a huge gossip who's pulling strings on everybody in town he's like super into you Uh, he was in love with you in high school and she's like, yeah, I guess kind of I maybe remember who he is. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> something, something, frog, something, something. Yeah. Is he the it's... one they caught jacking off senior year? Fuck. Well, it's weird because I don't remember if it's in this scene or um, a later scene where she's like, Johnny or Danny on the spot. Yeah, right. they used to call him Danny on the spot because he always put his hand up and knew the answer. And I'm like, that's not a normal nickname no. for someone of that description. That's not what you would call somebody. Like, even let's say it's like somebody everybody really likes. It wouldn't on the spot is like a negative. Yeah. Thing. Like, like, if you put someone on the spot, you're like, being kind oh. of like rude and presumptuous actually there there is an old expression johnny on the spot that you would hear in like the 1940s and 1950s and i suspect that's why there's a bit of generational confusion here who was this movie made for excellent question yeah yeah excellent question but it's a oh. weird nickname anyway like very weird then Emily, in the only relatable moment of the movie, is like, can I have cake and cookies? <laughs> and Aunt Sarah's like, yes, you can. Hell yes, you can. <laughs> yeah, that was really relatable. I, I today, ate cake and cookies because nice. Nice. I wanted to, and I'm a grown-ass woman. It's 2020. I did eat, get a stomach eat, ache, eat which both. is probably the reason that parents don't let you do that. Um, yeah. So then we go to rehearsal. Melissa yawns her way through a child's performance, which literally 10 feet away from him. Yeah. In his eye line. I feel like maybe that was just Mariah Carey, like being Mariah Carey. <laughs> they like, just had I don't... a camera on her. She's yeah. like this fucking amateur. Yeah. Like, I think that Mariah Carey is, uh, I don't think she's like a heartless monster. In the sense that she would yawn at a child's performance, but I do think she's like, you can do better. <laughs> like she's I just yawned. Really honest. Yeah, she's like, I yawned during your performance. Impress me next time. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where we see the first iteration of the Mean Girls dance, um, mm-hmm. which includes her daughter and her daughter's two friends, who in a previous scene were mean to Emily in class. So Emily's feeling yes. Yeah, there's uh, like this parallel scene where the daughter you know Lacey Chabert meets Mariah and Mariah's mean to her and then Mariah's daughter is mean in a similar way and her name is Abigail right Abigail thank you yes so Abigail was like uh isn't it weird that your mom made your clothes actually she says isn't it embarrassing that your mom made your clothes 
Yeah. And Emily's just kind of like puts her head down on the desk. (laughs) It's just like, oh, this fucking school. (laughs) I know. It's so brutal. (laughs) Uh, So that little posse of baby mean girls is doing a jingle bell dance yep. uh, for the school pageant and uh, Melissa is predictably horrible she's like I didn't spend all that money on dance lessons to see you fade into the background so like get out there and shine yeah you think she doesn't even take the center position in their little routine well yes that is a a beef of mine she's stage right which is it just seems a little odd it is a bit odd but you know what the tall ones go in the middle oh is that what happened yeah that that is true that's a mean girls reference well it's i mean as a formerly tall child i can tell you that is accurate you get stuck in the middle a lot but i do think like it's a slight possibility that mariah carey did this as another homage to mean girls to mean girls in the scene where right before they go out on stage in Mean Girls in their Christmas talent show thing, yeah. uh, Regina makes Gretchen switch positions mm. because um, that was, she was on the side she was uh, when Katie wasn't there, but now Katie's there and the tallest go in the middle. So switch. Yep. <laughs> I, love that Mar- I love that Mariah Carey loves Mean Girls. That brings me a lot of joy. It's, it's a great movie. Um, Emily wants to be in a group performance. Uh, why is she alone with Danny at school? This is not the first time we've seen Emily and Danny alone because they were alone for her audition. But this is like after hours. It's evening. She is alone with him at the school at night, which is so sketchy and inappropriate and then he takes her to the cafe after rehearsal is over um and everyone's like oh thanks danny and it's like no why was that danny's job why did danny do that why is danny this man your daughter has known for literally 24 hours like alone and responsible for this nine-year-old child well he was Lacey's lab partner (laughs) something something frog something something she also says at this point i think she has already said it once but several times Kristen, very sincerely and earnestly and in a drawn out like intentional way it's like you're such a nice guy Mm. to to danny (laughs) And so I guess we're supposed to believe that he, that he is. And so it's okay for her to leave her nine-year-old daughter with someone she barely knows. This movie could have gotten really, really dark if it was on Lifetime or something. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, could Ted Bundy. A much different way. Everyone thought Ted Bundy was a super nice guy. Yeah. So dark. So the yeah. first but not the last time that he is left in charge of this minor child, he has yep. basically no relationship to. She, she also has time alone with Creepy Tom. Yeah, a lot of time. A couple times. Like, That's I think not- she has all the, does she have all the scenes with the men in this movie? I guess Lacey also has scenes with Brendan Elliott. Um, and she speaks to uh, Thomas once, but other than that nobody else ever talks to him yeah. and i think he is haunting their family yeah yeah 
He's he's like a Dybbuk or a, a Golem. But or... she doesn't recognize him from before. He's like a trauma response that these two female characters mm. are having to like having have, to uproot their lives. Have they created him? Yeah, that's With my their suggestion, longing? I think. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Um, so all of the men in the movie taken on natural shine to Emily. Yep. Um, immediately, Danny is like, first of all, I'm going to mentor you. Second of all, I'll do a solo in this talent show, um, which eventually balloons into being like the centerpiece of the talent show with all the other kids being backup singers. Yep. And it truly bizarre way where it's like. It's a real Bobo Love actually moment. Yes. It's so mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. So what so, happens next? <laughs> so the next scene uh, is a school scene where Kristen is returning her backpack uh, yes. to school. This is the and time then that she interacts with Thomas. Yes. And then yeah. Thomas gives Kristen Emily's lost notebook, right? Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think that uh she read oh yes that's in two scenes so that is set up Kristen has emily's notebook then she does see one page because he's like basically looking for confirmation actually he says like he's looked at it he's like i thought it was probably hers and it's a page where it's like she's drawn a raining cloud and like (laughs) i miss my friends on it or whatever right crayon drawings of like driving across country and stuff and so he's looked at it and now her mother has seen one page and she's like oh thanks like would you just uh, make sure these things get back to her or he's sorry he says yeah make sure it gets back to her and she's giving uh she's meant to be giving these things to somebody in the office who's going to give them to emily yeah um so then we cut to the tree lot (laughs) where (laughs) Danny, Kristen, and Emily are picking out a tree. And doesn't Danny I... follow them there? I don't think they were originally going with him. Oh God, does he do they no, just, they just run to... into him? Yeah. Oh my god. And he's god. like right behind them. He, doesn't this he, guy have friends? He trails them everywhere, man. And then of oh course, god. in classic Hallmark fashion, he mansplains trees to them. He knows everything about every tree. Um yeah. Um, men know anyway. about lumberjacking yes it's very masculine activities you can put it that way sure extremely masculine um i don't know what else happens at the tree lot presumably they pick out a tree uh he invites himself to dinner well, emily no, invites him yeah to oh does she okay emily's like why don't emily is for some reason really wants him around all the time she so, yep. well stop and think for a second what would be that reason because she wants a father, I guess. Right. And, uh, and I feel like that's why we have all this inappropriate contact. Like no. someone is ham-fistedly trying to give her a father figure and they think that that'll be nice. Yeah, it's just really weird seeing But it's not coming he's, off as nice. He's bending all these rules and everything because he likes her mom. That too. Anyway, um, at the tree lot, he's like, why don't you pick out a great tree for me? Mm. Um, and she has allegedly picked out like a 12 foot tree when they're in the tree lot. Then when they get it home, it's, maybe, it's like a six and a half seven, foot tree. Yeah, seven foot tree. Yeah. It's they like had, very they, modest. They make a real a meal of getting it into the corner too. They're like, yeah. 
Lots of good tree yeah. work. Um, I have a note in this tree decorating scene, which I think this, I think maybe one or all three of us said we're talking about this out loud, that this guy is a dollar store Luke. Yes. From uh, Gilmore I, Girls. Yeah, I said he was doing Luke Dane's cosplay this whole time. Yeah. Yeah, um, he's, a knock, he's a knockoff. So if they're doing the decorating, they must have discovered by now that all of her decorations are broken. No, that happens way later because right at this point, yep. she's just like, oh, I can't find the box of our special decorations. Oh, so we'll just right. use these ones and we'll add those later. Yeah, yeah. Hallmark selling decorations. Yep. Yes. So yes, they're, this is, they're having dinner. They've gotten the tree in the house and now they're, and Emily has invited Danny to dinner. And then after she goes to bed, Kristen shows Danny Emily's journal. Yeah, she's yeah, an that's super stranger. Cool too. Yep. Let's like psychoanalyze my nine-year-old child that you let's, are. Let's a dissect teacher. this journal like we used to dissect frogs. So creepy. This is where we have another blatant Folgers shot. Yes. When it's behind them. Yep. <laughs> and I believe that when she goes over to the coffee pot to get <clears throat> coffee for them. They also linger. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. a little bit she pours long. them both big mugs of coffee yeah and then they're sitting there drinking them in the they like toast night, them like at do. one point they do they cheers their coffee mugs i'm i was actually a little amazed that they didn't have like folgers branded mugs mm. to go on there but. the one thing i that happens in this scene that really set off like this is weird alarm bells for me is when they look at her journal and they're going through it Danny's like, wait, hang on. You told me that Emily writes poems. You didn't tell me that she was so talented. And he's like looking at the poems and saying that they're like the greatest poems of all time, basically. And Kristen's kind of like, oh no, come on. Like she's, she does really well in English, I guess, but I, I don't know. Um, but Danny is immediately like, this kid is amazing and wonderful. Mm-hmm. We don't Isn't see any evidence scene... of that. I think that you could switch her out with an adult woman and it would be a romantic yeah. relationship. A hundred percent. That's not how relationships between adult men and, and young girls should be. There should be yeah. clear differences. Yeah. Because he's like so taken by her genius. And I just Ugh. don't I don't like it. I don't like it at all. That's when he comes up with the idea, I think, that instead of um singing a song that exists because she's been um hesitating over picking a song he's like we'll write a song mm. oh. much easier yeah so he's gonna write the music yep. using her amazing lyrics yeah yes and they decide they confirm that the following morning at the cafe yeah. before school emily's like yes i'm gonna write my lyrics they now eat all meals with Danny. Yeah, he's really wormed yes, his way the into their life. Despite this like nine bedroom country house that they live in. So then we go into the music room where we learn that the money from the pageant funds the music program at the school. Which like just That's pay fucked. taxes yeah. and then don't put all your tax money towards your police force. Yeah. Ohio. Support the, support the arts. Both of you are correct. It comes back tenfold. <laughs> um, this is also this scene is has my favorite Mariah Carey moment in the entire movie. What is which it? Is, 
which is that uh, Kristen gets like volunteer slash is volunteer to redesign the costumes for the show because Mm -hmm. they're not turning out well. And Melissa is livid. She's like very upset. And everyone's like, oh, but we all think this is such a good idea. And Mariah this was a Mariah moment, sings the line, this is not a democracy. And it is, it is the most beautiful thing I have ever, this whole movie was worth it for that line. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that happens a lot in the Mariah Carey household. (laughs) I know, right? It must. Somebody in her entourage is like, oh, I think they want us to go this way. And she's like, this is not a democracy. <laughs> oh, so good. As I recall, it's actually Emily that volunteers her mother to do it. And she's got yes. this like weird little face where she's like, well, why don't we just ask my mom to do it? After all, she is a fashion designer. So in the evening... Uh, I wrote down that this house has amazing wallpaper. I'm obsessed with every wallpaper scene that we see. It's very kitschy. It's like a mm. loud floral. It's print. a real oh, stress yes. hollow I do vibe. Remember, I remember the um, the entryways wallpaper. Yeah. It's like farmhouse floral, which is just, I love it. So Danny and Emily are practicing her song for the pageant while Kristen is sewing costumes. Yes. And he... T- tucks her in on the couch yeah because he's so late yep that she passed out on the couch and he tucked her in and that is so disgusting yep her mom's right there dude so disgusting um Kristen finds the ornament Kristen is like where could the ornaments be this is such a terror this is one of the most ridiculous <laughs> moments in the movie is where she's like, oh, you know, I don't know where they could be because I definitely packed them, but I've gone through everything. And he's like, well, are there any places you haven't looked? And she's like, no, but unless it's those boxes I didn't unpack in the pantry, do you think? <laughs> and then they cut to the pantry and she's like, oh, here they are. <laughs> unless they're in the ornament closet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So all the ornaments are broken and it makes her cry. Um, I would also like to point out that the ornaments are broken because you packed them so badly. Yeah, Mm. they're not even in, they're (laughs) barely in tissue paper. Yeah. Yeah. For a cross-country move. (laughs) So I think this scene is supposed to be like, oh, Danny's such a good guy. Because he's like nice to her when she's crying. But I didn't even make a note about it. because I think she might literally, it might be another time that she literally says, you're such a nice guy to him. And he's like, oh, shucks. You keep waiting. Brennan, El- Brennan Elliott's energy is like that guy. He's on so many Hallmark things. And sometimes he plays a villain. And you kind of um, get that energy from him in this movie, I find. You, you just keep yeah. waiting for him to, ter- to do some kind of turn, but he never does. Like he really is supposed to be Luke Danes, I think, basically. And Luke is an right. idiot, but he's not a villain. What's up? I said he doesn't have the range. Well, no, that's that's true. Only Mariah Carey has the range. True. So at school the next day, Melissa's daughter has a store-bought costume for the group number because Melissa doesn't trust Kristen's design work. Yeah. And then Emily and Santa slash Thomas have a moment in the hall 
um and he's like what song are you gonna sing and she's like my song is my christmas wish yeah and he's christmas like before you go on stage make sure you repeat my name three times and turn counterclockwise it's very important emily <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> yeah he's like and then she's like so are you going to be there because she oh, at this yeah. she has she thinks that he is santa right we haven't mentioned this but every time that they have a scene together she turns away for a second and when she looks back he's vanished (laughs) i think it's important to mention like like batman that he vanishes from every scene that he's in yeah in a very unnatural way even with lacey chabert right he does it with everybody i think so everybody being those two people who are the only two people the the only two people who actually see him because they've invented but like when Emily, when it happens to Emily, she's not like a ball. She's like, she's like wink. Yeah. She so she thinks you know? she knows what's going on and he's Santa. Yeah. So she's like, are you gonna be at the concert to hear my Christmas wish? Or because it's Christmas Eve, right? That's when the yeah. pageant is. And I get have we said we haven't even said what her Christmas wish is, right? Like or because originally she writes the letter. And what is her letter, wish? I don't remember. The wit- I don't think we know. Oh no, we know. Just to go back to oh, LA. So her original first wish is that she wants to go home to LA. Okay. With her mom. Right. Um, and oh, then her right. modified wish that she is what the song is, that she checks with Thomas. She's like, if I sent the letter, but now I'm changing it in the song, is that good? Right. Does that count? And he's like, seems like it should. Mm. Um, because she's decided that she doesn't want to live leave silver falls instead she wants to stay and she wants her mom and mr collier to get together so that's her new christmas wish is that they fall in love and then she gets a family and they stay in ohio and everything's perfect um but she's like and he's like why are you asking me (laughs) vanish um so then that evening Kristen is shopping Danny is with her or he runs into her again? They run into each other again. He's following her. Yeah, he's following her. He always wanted to be a rock star. (laughs) And then this scene happens where it starts snowing. (laughs) She is amazed by the snow. So she closes her eyes and spins in circles in the street and shouts out, I love you, Silver Falls. Mm Wow. Wow. Well, you see, Nicole, when a woman moves back to small town America. When a, when a woman loves a small town very much. From godless Los excited. Angeles. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Where they don't even have snow at Christmas time, if you can believe it. <laughs> she experiences the closest thing to an orgasm any God-fearing woman should get, <laughs> which is a wholesome love for a small town and snow and, and snow and the lord <laughs> where the lord get in there <laughs> the lord is implied by the, the lord is everywhere scott well, that explains a lot who do you think made silver falls i don't know some props department the lord um so then there's a montage to a jackson five song yeah big money yeah mm. it's quite nice well, like um, I said, Mariah Carey probably just called up Quincy Jones. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I mean. You don't fuck with Mariah. If she's she... like, stop calling me Mariah. <laughs> she's like, I'm Mariah Carey. And he's like, you're right. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, so the montage is a, uh, 
Kristen making costumes and, costumes and Melissa's daughter is jealous. Yes. Because because her store-bought costume looks like trash. Doesn't look very good. Um, at rehearsal, Emily keeps changing the lyrics to her song. I believe she is alone with Danny again at this point. Yep. They are rehearsing alone again, even though it's a show with many people in it and many people involved. And he's like, maybe you could tell me what the lyrics of this song are. And she's like, mm, it's not done yet. Typical. <sighs> Uh, so then back at the house Emily invites Danny to decorate the tree and remind me did she have the opportunity to invite him because he drops her off at home after rehearsal yeah that sounds about right by which I mean completely wrong but accurate Yes, yes because every scene where Emily travels in this movie or not everyone but maybe half the time she's with Danny not with her mother even though Kristen basically doesn't have a job she's working like two hours a week at the diner or whatever yeah and instead of going over to the school which she can walk to at yep. night to pick yep. up her daughter she lets danny bring her home yeah so he's there and she's like hey why don't you stay and help us decorate our christmas tree she's got those costumes to work on nicole it's bananas she can't go pick up her daughter at school oh my God. right um Kristen has bought new decorations. Do we think that they are from Hallmark? Absolutely. Well, no, Aunt Sarah saved their old decorations. Oh. And gave them to her. So they're still sentimental ornaments. And she saved some of the ones from their box from home. Oh, but then okay. also Aunt Sarah had, had saved some from like her parents or something. Okay, gotcha. Still you know, great, great ornaments are a lifetime investment. That's right. Truly. Um, quality and... Yes, precisely. Make sure to build new memories every year. So Danny lifts Emily up to put the star on top of the tree. And Super all, cool. I, all of I us believe, collectively vomit in our mouths. Well, I believe I literally yelled at the TV, do not pick up that child, do not pick up that child. And then he yes, did. Yes, you did. You did yell it. Yeah. I assume that you yell it every year. When you watch this movie, it still happens every year. Since I apparently forget all but the most general (laughs) details of the movie every year. I wonder if it happens at midnight on like New Year's Eve or... (laughs) Just resets. A lot of stuff seems to reset in my head then, yeah. So then Haley shows up. Haley is Kristen's... Yes, the big twist. Uh, Kristen's friend slash co-worker from LA sure shows up with big news the department stores mm-hmm. <laughs> want to partner with Kristen so that she can design her own collection they can move back to LA that's right all, all the department stores Haley showed them to the department stores yeah. the department stores and they want <laughs> to feature her clothes uh the department store they don't even bother and she's already made arrangements for they're gonna pay for her her trip back the department stores are so Haley is like good news you can get the fuck out of silver falls god i wish i I know how much you paid it here yep this is not even an agent as far as i know she doesn't represent her business in any way but uh, Haley gets shit done though yeah Yeah. boy i'll say she's marched into those department stores and (laughs) 
show them what for yeah i think i think like this this goes without saying but like at least here in canada department stores aren't really a thriving business like sears shut down last year or the year before they're gone target in business we nope. didn't fucking keep Target open. Okay, I went, that wasn't our fault because as Nicole and I know from the many articles that we've had to read it, read about Target's leadership, that was a manage as a failure. That's of true. They were. That's true. That's they true. were very much mismanaged. God. Department stores don't do capsule collections with randos. They singular randos. designers. You get a capsule collection when you are. Uh, a known Mariah celebrity Carey. yeah and Mar- martha stewart yeah would have one yep um Jacqueline jessica Smith. simpson yep has some like those are the sorts of people who get capsule collections in department stores not like anybody else basically yeah <laughs> we're at school the next day emily tells thomas that he's santa he obviously denies it he's like and then we go to the pageant Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so what 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 we didn't talk about was that uh danny is there obviously when Haley makes this announcement emily oh, is right. devastated she's yeah. like wait what and kristen is like oh no we're, we're kind of happy here but Haley's yeah. like what are you talking about let's go i'll leave yeah. me right now yeah yeah we'll send movers for your stuff and danny's like i gotta go so yeah. emily and danny are quite upset by this yes apparent decision to to leave ohio and that's the misunderstanding and, that temporarily drives them apart not yep. for long though only for about three and a half yeah. minutes though yeah exactly the stakes in this movie are very low it, quite low can, can i quite just low. ask you guys do you feel like there was just the tiniest bit of queer energy between aunt sarah and Haley? Ooh, or is it just that they're do. both busy bodies they do gravitate to one another at the pageant. Mm. I love that. Mm-hmm. I don't hate that. <laughs> it's the closest I got to anything even remotely it's, gay. In this yeah, movie. it's like even if it's not, I'm, I'm reaching like, a little. If it's not capital G gay, it's as close as we get. Yeah. yeah, it's because you know what? They're the only adults who interact with each other in a non-hostile way in the movie who aren't related to each other or like there's very few scenes happening in this movie between people it's like anyway uh yes melissa accuses Kristen of not making her kid a costume out of spite but in fact melissa psych and she was specifically asked not to make one though right Yes. yes, because Abigail had a store-bought costume. Yeah. But Kristen made an extra one so that Abigail can be part of the team. Yeah. Yes. Um, all the kids like Emily. Uh, so it worked because in the beginning they were, she was like, do this pageant and it's going to be so fun. You'll make friends. Yeah. And I think it probably helped that her mom made all those cool costumes that they all like so much. Probably. This is also the scene where Kristen tells Emily she won't make any more big life decisions without her. Um, well, you don't have to do that. That's a nine-year-old. Yeah, I know, but 
you would still want to talk to your kid and prepare them. Oh yeah, a and conversation. Make them feel invested, even if they're not yeah. actually making a decision. Like yeah. you can. But like, I don't make big life decisions like without my like like I expect my nine year old to help me make a big life decision. No, yeah. no, no, no. But you, what you don't want to do is what Lacey Chabert apparently did, which is shut down her business, instantly move to Iowa. <laughs> And her yeah. kids like couldn't we have waited to the end of the school year? What Ohio. the fuck? Whatever. <laughs> so Kristen, yes. Hey, I even wrote down Haley and Aunt Sarah like each other. They're vibing. I love yeah, that. Because they're gossiping so. about Danny and, and uh Kristen. Kristen. Kristen tries to talk to Danny at the piano, but the show starts and they can't talk. And he's a piss baby. And yes, he is a piss baby. Really really well observed not a we own... baby. he's a thwarted stalker <laughs> it's false <different>. dichotomy <laughs> that's a venn diagram that's a circle if ever <laughs> this there it is um so the the order of performances that we get at the snowflake pageant uh the budget or the uh sales for which make up the music program uh, budget it explains a are, lot about their music program actually <laughs> explains a lot about danny yeah uh the angel dancing scene a la mean girls yes the magic show uh which we haven't mentioned previously but that is the scene that mariah was yawning at yes. previously and then there is a an intermission after that i believe i have written in all caps my own handwriting all caps shut up it's a kids pageant yes i don't really know why i wrote that okay do you? so that yes i do great when danny's like oh the show's starting Kristen gets up and goes and sits with um aunt sarah and Haley. yeah right. and immediately starts having a normal volume in-depth conversation with them about <laughs> what's going on with danny he won't talk to her because he's hurt that she's leaving, but she's trying to tell him that she's not leaving. So what's yep. going on? Meanwhile, they're sitting in the front row <laughs> of a children's Christmas pageant, <laughs> which is going on at that time. So somebody is doing their act up there and they're having a full-on conversation in the front row. And that's why you wrote that. And I, when I watch it, I'm like, the dad sitting behind them should be like... <laughs> could you guys shut the fuck up that's my kid up there <laughs> oh my god wow i forgot about that that is brutal it's ridiculous <laughs> so she turns down this job she turns yeah. down the department stores mm -hmm. and then after making this decision goes to danny at the piano and it's like <laughs> i made a little joke to myself um where she like tells him that she has feelings for him and his and his answer is me <laughs> to which i responded her yeah <laughs> egg, egg. egg. <laughs> and then they wrong. almost kiss at a children's christmas pageant yeah. oh that's hot this, shit. this man has no boundaries it is zero so gross zero boundaries he's like i've literally been waiting since high school for this opportunity and i'm not gonna fucking waste it yeah but then they're 
they're driven apart by the end of intermission yes now the only thing after intermission is her daughter's song this show is like 20 minutes long tops including intermission including intermission it's great actually as a parent i love it oh yeah yeah that's ideal so my only notes, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna leave it to you two to carry uh, the description of this performance. Okay. My only two notes are what is this? Each word on a separate line with a question mark behind it. Mm-hmm. And her performance is too much like a sexy Mariah performance. Yes. Mm-hmm. So here is weirdly, another mean girls thing is yep. that in the Mean Girls Christmas pageant, they are wearing sexy little Santa outfits. Yep. And in this Christmas pageant, Emily is wearing a sexy Santa dress. Yep. It's, it's tailored too closely yep. and trimmed in too... It's not that anything about the dress is actually suggestive. Like, it's not low cut or super no. high skirt like the ones in Mean Girls. Yeah. It's just... But it's a child scale version of an adult costume. Yeah, it looks like kind of what you might wear as a sexy Santa for like if Halloween costume type thing. Yeah. Um, So there's that. Then there's the fact that all the other kids in the school are on bleachers behind her doing like a choral backup of it. And they've got like a dance routine and there's lights um, and the song plays which this song gets stuck in my head too much. And every once in a while, like during the year, I think about it and then have to bleach Same my here. brain. Yeah. But it, it, it is exactly like if a child made a Mariah Carey music video. And I think the biggest, so the reason that this movie was written, the reason that we're here doing this podcast is because Mariah yeah. Carey has this song, Hey Santa, her new Christmas yeah. single from 2015. That needed yep. to be launched and so they took the song and they said write a movie that can end with this song yeah and this is what they came up with but what they <laughs> did was they changed some of the lyrics to make it work for a child so whereas in the adult mariah carey version mariah carey is singing to santa asking him to bring her this man that she loves for christmas mm-hmm. um, and so it's very clear that she has dude that she's into and is thinking about yeah um in the child's version that came with this movie Mm -hmm. emily's not singing about that she's singing in one verse very clearly about her mom getting together with danny okay but other times she's just kind of like inviting santa to come to the house while she's sleeping and uh she doesn't know how he does what he does when she's sleeping on Christmas night. Uh, he's going to come and make it right this Christmas. Ooh. He's going to come and make it right. Um, and then the background singers are like, oh, Santa. Like in a Mariah, it's a Mariah Carey song. So that's what yeah. it sounds like, you know, like you heard a Mariah Carey song. Um, but because Emily can't sing about wanting this guy as her Christmas gift, it ends yep. up creating a strange sexual dynamic in the song relationship between Emily and Santa, which yep. she's got a real weird dynamic with Thomas. Yep. 
who is Santa. Yep. And who's out there dancing, by the yeah, way. Who's out there Burns. dancing. Oh God. The and he's like, he's dancing in like a weird spotlighted corner. Yeah. Hell. Like he's it looks like it was filmed anyone else. No, it looks hell. like it was filmed in a warehouse. He's in like a side dimension or yeah. 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 So that's I think one of the weirdest things about this final scene is that Emily is dressed and singing like an adult woman in yeah. love with Santa Claus, asking him to come sexually fulfill her on Christmas night. Yeah. Um, because of the way that they changed the lyrics to the song. Yeah. So it ends up with her being like the the suppose the actual message of the song is like her new christmas wish so her yep. new christmas wish is that her mom and danny fall in love and they stay in silver falls in their family right. um which is communicated through this absolutely bananas pop song that she apparently <laughs> wrote with this 40 year old man <laughs> so just think about that for a second think about danny sitting by himself because he wrote all the music yeah. and she just provided the verse lyrics so he wrote oh he wrote all those he wrote out all those arrangements and rehearsed those kids like that is bonkers and there's dance there's like choreographed dancing for the backup singers and they're all wearing different costumes on their little bleachers and some of them get their own microphones because they're the lead backup singers it's yeah so i've been assuming all these years that mariah carey watched the uh, the set piece of yeah. all, all I Want for Christmas is You. From, it's like that too. Yeah. And, and then basically wanted that again, but with another one of her songs. And like, I wonder if she is a fan of Love Actually or not. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. But there's not, the problem is, Hey Santa is no All I Want for Christmas is You. No fucking shit. And this movie like is the No Love Actually. All I Want for Christmas is You. <laughs> But it actually is, it's the same message because it's once again being like, give me this dude for Christmas. Yeah. In the Mariah Carey version. I will say that I looked up this song, Hey Santa. And so it was released in 2015, obviously, as you said. But, or I should say, and she released a, a different, like revamped version of it it this december like three weeks ago mm. and it features uh. ariana grande and jennifer hudson wow. and as of like today when i checked it had 28 million views on youtube wow <laughs> well that's probably that's probably for her new special then no doubt yeah it could be no doubt but I've definitely like you were, or something. you were saying before Scott that like you've never heard this song but just out in the wild uh, I don't think so maybe even once even in my limited excursions lately I have heard it and my one of my friends who works in retail was uh, texting to our group thread recently about hearing it a lot that's because you're knowing. going to like Carter's and Michael's and I'm going to like Home Depot <laughs> yeah it was on when I went to Carter's <laughs> there you go. Wow. So then, how does this movie end, Slip? Hard cut to a puppy. Has it ended? <laughs> oh, sorry. They do kiss. They kiss during the song. Ugh. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's they right. Do. At the piano, though. They're both sitting at the piano, but he's not playing the piano because this is not like the rest of it, like a little janky piano thing. Yeah. It's like a fully produced pop song. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's... 
So he recorded music for it beforehand. Yeah. And then they kiss well, on the piano way, bench during yeah. a children's. That way he's free to make out during the kids' yeah. concert. And then it cuts to like Christmas morning. The three of them are together. Yep. Uh, she's opening a puppy. Yep. Like the puppy is so random. Yeah. Oh, I like, don't it's, think it's random. It's I think comp- that's a symbol of the fact that they're staying there. They wouldn't no, get I, a puppy otherwise. I, I know what it's doing but like they're a puppy hasn't been mentioned pets aren't like but like I just feel like that does tell us that they're staying in Ohio but that there was no lead up context to a puppy yeah and it's also exactly because the Christmas pageant (laughs) was on Christmas Eve I I think yeah wasn't it this is the following morning that she's opening up this <laughs> Jack Russell Terrier. Did and like, Danny, did Danny steal somebody's puppy? Yeah, he, and he's 100% there. Did so it's like now the oh they're a family they're a real family they're all together they've got a dog. Sarah's not there, is she? She is not at Christmas. I don't think. No, it's Why? just the three of them because now their family is complete they don't need old kooky aunt yeah kooky spinster aunt sarah she found herself a man and where's Haley, who's only there to see her and was there like the day before (laughs) she doesn't need her best friend anymore she has a man Haley's in the trunk of her rental car at the bottom of a lake where danny left her wow okay um anyway so that is the that was the end of the movie i don't i don't really know what else to say um i don't think that we have effectively communicated just what a bizarre experience it is to watch this movie yeah because you know what the way that we've described it it could be any other hallmark movie where we're like i don't well, know if and it like is in a lot of ways it has all the same beats and it's just the tone of this and the way it's shot and the way everyone it's frantic been, and weird. Yeah, it's so, it feels like if David Lynch made a Hallmark movie, right? Like it's, it just feels very off kilter all the time. Sometimes very, they yeah. cut scenes off in the middle of sentences. Yeah. Yeah. And like multiple scenes, like this doesn't just happen once. It happens at least three times. Scenes will start and their people are just mid-sentence. Like it's an official harm Hallmark movie, but it doesn't feel like one. It, it, the vibes it feels between, like it's wearing the skin of one. Yeah, the vibes yeah. between all characters are wrong unless Kathy and Jimmy's involved. She's like a human being, yeah. and everybody else is like aliens. She and yeah. I, I think Haley is okay too, but especially Kathy and Jimmy is is actually yeah. really like a real three dimensional character in in this movie. And everyone else is just kind of like a weird slender man shadow of of an actual character somewhere else. It's possibly also because Emily has so many of the scenes with people. Mm. And so you only see them interacting with this child in weird and appropriate ways. Mm -hmm. So like there's, yeah, Thomas is only ever really interacting with her and Kristen that one time very briefly and then Danny interacts with Emily at least as much, if not more, than the woman he's supposed to be falling in love with, her mother. Actually, oh, that's a good I point. Think she true. is, she's what, nine? Yeah. 
Yeah. And that actor slash character are they actually have to propel a lot of this movie along themselves, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which is wrong. You know? Yeah, and it's just no no relationship feels quite right. No. Except for again, you know, if Kathy and Jamie's involved, it's okay. Like she feels like an aunt. Yeah, she feels like that's that energy between them is right. Yeah, but when you bring Danny and anybody else discordant weird it's in you know I'm gonna be like super cheesy right now and be like it's so interesting this this movie is called a Christmas melody because (laughs) it's just full of these weird off-key yeah performance moments like totally is it possible that this movie is like is Kathy Najimy her character from Hocus Pocus and this town (laughs) has been spelled somehow mm, they're all under bet midler's spell mm, that's just the world yeah <laughs> so i think the only Ugh. queerness i can imagine in this movie scott you've pointed out which is between Haley and aunt sarah yeah. and it's like barely there it's just that they are interacting like normally functioning non-robot people but I can easily imagine both of those characters being queer, even if they don't ever have a relationship with each other. I can. Yeah, I, can I mean, I think I think Aunt Sarah is definitely queer. Is Haley in love with uh, Kristen? Kristen, because she's you know she goes to the department stores. Haley seems smarter than that, but yes, that's true. She does she's an awful lot of emotional labor for Kristen. Yeah, and oh, then geez. flew to Ohio. To tell to her. To surprise her in person. Jeez, I Christmas think you're time. right. I think you're right. And she was like, I'll take you home. Let's go. Yeah. Like, why are you hesitating? Like, don't, like, let's go. Let's go right now. I don't know that a triad would have solved any problem in this movie because, I mean, I don't even know what to say about that. I think, I think there aren't that any three adults that interact in the movie that aren't related <laughs> to each other. So, where could it go? any problem in this movie couldn't have been solved by a triad because a triad is the least of anyone's problems i guess they just they don't ensure there's not enough characters yeah (laughs) wow well i don't have anything left to say about this movie i do feel like now that we've talked about it i feel like i've like processed this experience a little bit um but this movie still makes no sense to me it still sort of feels like a bizarre time loop Mm -hmm. any closing thoughts about christmas melody i mean we're sorry i watch it every year i'll be watching it next year we've been cursed like in the ring oh no so you have to watch it every year (laughs) we're so sorry that's what this was all about (laughs) from day one it's why i agreed to do the podcast (laughs) (laughs) oh i would love to help you out with your podcast nicole (laughs) finally finally Finally. found someone Will I ever be able to sucker into watching this terrible Hallmark Christmas movie? Uh, well, you really saw me coming. Um, okay, well, Dr. Slip, thank you so much for being a guest on this final 
is it a final wink episode <laughs> oh, this is season one of a podcast in a queer tree i can't uh. think. i'll just wait for you two to stop laughing <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as smooth as Folger's classic roast. <laughs> I think uh, I'm see, now. That's why I love you, Doctor Slip. <laughs> well, you know, I'm formally trained. That's true, <laughs> Nicole. Wow. I don't want a lot for Christmas. There's just one thing I need. Is it Folger's coffee? <laughs> <laughs> and that is for all of our listeners who have followed us all this month to have a wonderful Christmas and we hope you have a a wonderful time off during this holiday period of this absolutely fucking insane year that we've had oh man what a what a time it's been Uh um thanks for being our listeners we love all of you Dr. Slip do you want to tell people where they can find you on the internet um not exactly but uh I will tell you about my uh, side Instagram account, oh my God, which yes. is uh, at 70s match game style. Mm-hmm. Tell us about this account. Is that this all one is, word or other spaces? It's all one word. Uh, this is uh, my secondary Instagram account on which I detail the style in um, fashion and hairstyles from mm-hmm. episodes of match game from 1976 and 1978 as they appear on game tv which is kind of like the game show network except it's uh canadian canadian so i i post photos there of the best uh examples of 70s style as i see them both on the contestants and the stars featured on match game and uh it's my passion amazing it's you know i've been following it from i think day one possibly even hour one i don't know how uh i got on top of this trend as quickly as i did but i really recommend it it is a riot i did it because there was a contestant one day whose hair she won a game so she was on a couple episodes her hair was so intense that i was like I needed to take a photo of it so I could show it to people and then I was like this happens sometimes with like to a lesser intensity but like there's always interesting stuff to look at and also Charles Nelson Riley is uh, such an icon that I really wanted to have reasons to take photos of and describe his outfits amazing just talk about Charles Nelson Riley well so, you found a great outlet to accomplish that goal that's 70s match game style 70s is uh numbers uh-huh. but then also yeah. an s 70s match yes. game 70s match game style great fun fact uh i used to watch match game as a kid in the 70s in the 70s um, <laughs> so i probably wore some similar clothes uh um, scott where can people find you on the internet if they feel so moved to do so, they may visit heyscottmarshall.com for all their Scott Marshalling needs. Um, okay, well, we did it, team. Um, we fucking made this podcast happen. Slip, even though you were 
you've had pop-ins and guest hosted this episode, I do feel like it is worth mentioning that your uh, role in this podcast was crucial for Scott's role to exist. And so Very therefore, so. I would argue unquestioningly that this per- podcast is a three-person production, even oh, though you, you were a three. background producer most of the time. <laughs> thank you very much yeah, yeah no problem we, we both owe our partners and our loved ones uh, everything for giving us the space <laughs> to do this um i would also just to sort of wrap up our last i would just like to share uh an anecdote which is that a dear pal of mine recently and by recently i mean on the solstice december 21st got married she got surprise married she and her did she know she was getting married uh yes but no one else did um so she just got spontaneously married by the ocean on the solstice it was beautiful she like texted me and another one of our pals and is like surprise we got married and you know one of us made of course a joke about how we can't wait for the hallmark movie version of her wedding solstice (laughs) wedding to come out and she was like you know part of me was like am i doing this because i've been listening to nicole's podcast and watching christmas romantic christmas movies all of december i don't know so i don't want to say that we are directly responsible for the marriage of some people but i also at the same time am going to take full credit for that so but blessings no upon us all <laughs> we do not take legal responsibility for that marriage have we fun just... don't get sued exactly. exactly we wish you well yes uh, from a non-legally binding standpoint <laughs> But I do think uh, my main point is that we uh, have had such a wide scale cultural influence that people are basing their uh, substantial life choices around our podcast. Um, Anyway, so we are, we have widespread uh, influence in our listeners and lives. You're welcome and we love you all. Yes, we do. Uh, okay, well, that's it. That's a wrap. Yay. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Dr. Slip. Thank you, Nicole. Thanks. Thank team. you for having me. Well, thanks, team. We did it. It was so nice to see you both again before the holidays. Enjoy yeah. your modified Christmas celebration. Yes. Enjoy your celebrations as well. Yes, thank you. We'll involve a happy okay, bye, holidays. Team. Happy bye-bye. holidays. Bye. You have been listening to Season 1, Episode 25 of A Podcast in a Queer Tree by Nicole Marcoux and Scott Marshall with special guest Dr. Slip. Visit apodcastinaqueertree.com for this episode's links, plus our social media and a link to our Patreon. Don't forget to play bingo along with us when you're watching holiday movies. You can find the cards at hallmarkmoviebingo.com. Our theme music is by The Ghosts of Christmas Friendship. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us again in the future, but whatever you do, we love you. Happy holidays.